Hi, hello, it is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I'm sitting here with Elizabeth Lame, return guest. We last, I last had her on, a, it's been years. There's a years. lot to catch up I on. I know. She's Lots the host. changed. I know. The host, you're, you have shorter hair and more. And, and <laughs> offspring. Not, that's right. Uh, she's the host of Totally Married, that's Totally Mommy. Now. Just Totally Married? Yeah, the other ones uh, died. We, we put to rest. They, okay, they are went back to the fair. Yeah, they're in a um, what are those better place? Rainbow Bridge. Yes, they <laughs> crossed over the Rainbow Bridge, and we think of them fondly, and they live in our hearts. But mm. you know, do you think it might be time to add, be adding new podcasts, or are you enjoying the freedom? I mean, every week I think of a new podcast I want to do. Last week I decided I want to do a new podcast dedicated solely to pubic hair. <laughs> Call it the Bush Cast. <laughs> I don't know how far we'd get with that. I think maybe like three episodes, we might, we might start to regret our t- choice. Or maybe it'd be like the gift that keeps on giving. There'd just be so many different angles, you know? Pubic hair is the gift that keeps on giving. That's true. <laughs> Especially during pregnancy, I found. Oh. Yeah. Did it change for you? Um, yeah. I just couldn't, I couldn't keep get it. Get to it? <laughs> <laughs> well, be, not only that, I couldn't keep it contained. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that it was like growing out the window into the neighbor's <laughs> yard or anything, although that'd be amazing. What's I just this mean new plants on this trellis. <laughs> it's so dark <laughs> and funky. Um, I just mean that because I shave, not mm-hmm. the whole, you know, the try to keep it contained via shaving. Uh-huh. That's what I used to do. Right. Uh, and I would shave in the morning and then by midday, and that's not true, by evening, <laughs> I was like really itchy and I, I joked that I felt like I had a cactus between my legs. Oh, So yeah. I just stopped dealing with it at all. Sure. And I am 100% au naturel right now. Moi aussi. And I'm 16 months out. Yeah. Never going back. Really? I don't think so. I keep thinking at some point I'm going to do, I'm going to deal with this again. But deal with this meaning like I'm going to trim and shave and get it all neat and tidy. But I think I that's great. Everyone should do whatever they want to do. I will say this. This is what we were talking about in our podcast that inspired having a Bush podcast. And I actually truly might, I mean, do a documentary on this yeah, at some point. You should. Maybe 2018 is the year of Bush. <laughs> um, going for a wax to me is another level of insanity. I've never had a wax. I've had my eyebrows waxed and I've Mm -hmm. thought, this is surprisingly painful, but I've never had the bikini wax. So I don't know. Whenever people recommend it, not that people personally recommend it to me, but I just mean in general when they talk about it, I think that sounds so uncomfortable. I don't think I want that. I just sit there thinking about... England? (laughs) England mostly. And (laughs) no, like my grandmother, my great grandmother. What? With, they would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, you are paying a lot of money to go get into very compromising positions to have someone spread hot wax on your most delicate, sensitive areas and have your God-given pubic hair ripped out by the roots. 
so you can look like a toddler. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, every, and I, I'm not trying to be preachy. If people love that and they do it and they love it, like, great. But you, I do think it's good to ask why it's even a thing. Mm-hmm. There's no good answer. I mean, the only answer that I can come up with is so that because our society is so youth obsessed for women that they want women to actually look prepubescent. Right. Anyway, I could go on and on. I won't. I'm not going to turn this into the Bushcast. But anyway. But I feel like we got Maybe Bushcast is coming. (laughs) Now, so you've gotten waxed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How painful is it? Oh, (laughs) yeah. Um. Pretty painful. I mean, you and I both have given birth to right. children. Is it comparable? No. <laughs> it's worse. It's <laughs> far worse. No, it's it's uh, it's very unpleasant and mm-hmm. painful. Does it it's bleed? Just, Are there little pinpricks of blood? And Ugh. it's like going to sit there, sweating, being nervous, the anticipation of it. And not to belabor this point, but like this is... $100 out of my wallet here in LA, uh, an hour at least when you consider the time it took to book the appointment and getting there mm-hmm. and everything of time out of my life when I could be like studying rocket science or, you know, other things that of course I'm going to study <laughs> right. this genius with the idea of having a Bush podcast. <laughs> and, you know, us women are getting paid 70 cents to the dollar of men. It just seems like another way to stick it to us. Like, That's right. I don't like They're it. They're not getting waxed. Sorry. I'm not going to turn this into the this morning. anti-men cast either. <laughs> So I love men. It, I love men. Turn it into all the casts you need to. Um, this morning I was thinking, I need to get my teeth cleaned. My dentist is in Orange County. And they've been calling me a lot. Like, I feel like they're, they're it's borderline desperate. Like, get over dentists, it. I'll call you when I need you. Dentists in this area are desperate. Yeah. Our dentist, I changed denti. <laughs> and I mean, the phone calls, it's like I broke up with someone. Right. I broke his heart. I mean, I, not really, but like he, you know, leaving messages, messages like, hey, like <laughs> a, like a, an octave higher than he would. Hey, uh, I just, you know, I uh, we found out that we transferred your files over to a new dentist and I just wanted to see if everything's okay. Oh, like, no, and I really? Was like, oh, my God. Do I have to call this guy back? Am I ghosting my dentist? <laughs> um, what are you going to do? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I moved yeah. on. I've moved on. I did. Right. I ghosted him. I think that's okay. Um, yeah. So I was thinking there's, I don't know how I could possibly get to Orange County given that I have a baby now, unless I were to like make arrangements with my mom. Could you meet me at the dentist and watch Elliot while I'm getting my teeth? It just seems too much. Given how difficult it is to even get, go to the dentist with a kid. I think when you have kids waxing, it's way too much. Oh, yeah. You're, listen, you're like a, at least a year and a half out from even contemplating worrying about any of this. Okay. And I honestly um, offer to you that you never, ever have to worry about it ever again if you don't want to. So you're 100% au natural, like no trimming or anything? I tri- I did a little trim for a, I did a little trim for a swimming situation. Okay. Um really half-assed it though and uh botched the job (laughs) (laughs) and um during the swimming thing i was like who cares Mm -hmm. no one cares no one's looking at that like if they are surprise i've gone through puberty (laughs) yeah (laughs) like you know so 
And how does Andy feel about all this? He's he could he does not care. I yeah, mean, he's the old school is. mindset. I think boys of a younger generation who have been inundated with porn maybe have a different view point. And then there's been this pendulum swinging the other way where like millennials are like growing out their armpit hair and like, which I dig. I am not that brave yet. Mm -hmm. But Andy's just, you know, Andy's old school. He's just happy to be around a bush and whatever. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, oh, there's a bush. That's great. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. So our children are going to be so proud of us someday (laughs) when they (laughs) they hear all this. (laughs) I was going to say, well, don't you hope that your daughter could have a full bush if she wanted it? And then I thought, I would rather that I didn't even bring that up, except I brought it up in explaining what I hope I didn't bring up. I do hope that, Allison. Okay. That's your dream for her? One of many. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other ones? I, um, I hope she's a kind person. Um, I hope that she knows, because uh, she, she's a very special, I mean, everyone feels this way, but you know, she's a very special, tender-hearted sweet um calming person Mm -hmm. and i hope she you know is authentic to who she is and doesn't let other people like tear away at her confidence and um i hope she is able to have a bush that is not (laughs) (laughs) doesn't need to be waxed or whatever and i hope uh you know i i just hope that she's happy and kind and what are your hopes for your son? And also not, she doesn't have to be happy. That's another thing. That's not the ultimate destination. I hope she has a, a, a full, lives a full rich life, mostly of money. Mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, a full life where she's curious and whatever. And for my son, I just hope he um, doesn't feel like he has to wax his pubic hair. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but I like that same. You're, I like your parenting. I like that your parenting is like 85% pubic hair based. It's mostly pubic hair based. And that says, I think that only speaks to what an amazing parent I am. <laughs> uh, I hope my son respects women. I know he's going to because he has such a great big sister. Um, and I, I want the same things for him, true to himself and kind and rich full life i think we're done great this was so awesome <laughs> it was Thank wonderful you having you back catching up i know so much about your bush now and also your hopes for your children what are your hopes for elliot <sighs> um i hope he well it's interesting because people have asked me what are your fears or concerns about him like mm. and it's always I just hope not. I hope he's healthy and safe, mm-hmm. but that's very me based. I mean, that's for his own benefit, but it's like, I hope I don't have to go through anything happening to him because I can't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. But my hopes for him, I think they're actually quite similar to yours. Like, I hope that he is comfortable being himself and mm-hmm. feels fulfilled and doesn't feel pressure to conform if that's not what he wants to do. And mm-hmm. I hope he feels loved and um, confident in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> and okay with not being calm. Okay being an individual. I hope he, I said loved, but I really hope he does feel loved by both of his parents because he is. And that's um, a good one. I mean, loving and being loved. Yeah. Even with my daughter, as you saying that, I'm like, I want her to be kind, which she is already, you know, but I also want her to feel like she can, um, you know, 
be in conflict and like use her voice and right. So it's tough to narrow it down because you you just want so much. But it is interesting because it's definitely different from uh, I'd say the wants and desires of like other generations and other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of like authentic and true to themselves and stuff like that. Whereas I think in different areas, successful. And, Yes, the smart, smart, strong, right. The, um, or yeah, successful. I mean, I have like dear, dear family friends. I love so much, but I just spent time with them and I would say like the priorities are definitely like be good looking and rich. (laughs) (laughs) Are these the Orange County people? No, that's my sister. I mean, they have, they have very similar ideals to us. I'd say, I'd say, Wealth might be a little bit of a higher priority and like, um, not like achievement mm-hmm. probably, you know, which nothing wrong with that. But to me, that's not like the end all be all. It is interesting that you're in my hopes for our kids didn't even mention achievement or success. It was like, I hope he's creatively fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how much does that have to do with the fact that we're podcasters and the whole like thing about podcasting is being authentic and true to yourself. Right. And also, it's not it's not a medium known for <laughs> <Reaching> <laughs> major heights, financial yeah. Uh, reward. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're kind of uh, we're in the wild west, man. We really are. However, you sold a show, mm-hmm. uh, which brings me to this question. I went back and well, actually, let me just first. Even though now there's not even a need to express this, I have to. I have to let the listener know. All sorts of shit went down before this podcast started. Uh, I record at my home and my washing machine um, flooded earlier and I didn't realize this until my landlord. In fact, I felt like that I just hear a knock right now. I did not though. Right? There was no knock. I'm losing my mind. Um, Well, it'll happen again if there was a knock. Anyway, uh, my landlord was at my door saying that water was dripping into her apartment. So then I went into the kitchen and saw that there were suds everywhere. So Got that cleaned up, um, but waiting hopefully any minute, but could be any day to hear when someone's coming to fix that. Because with a baby, you do laundry. There is someone at the door. All right. So we just took a break because uh, the plumber arrived. Anyway, whole situation with the washing machine, which the plumber is not going to be able to fix. We actually need the washing machine repair person to come out. And it is not in my... It's my landlord who has to do all of it. Although I think I want to just take it over for her, from her, for her. Words aren't even happening right now. (laughs) I'm weirdly overly stressed about the washing machine thing. And oh, I know I was setting this up by explaining I had to just get get out of my system all the things that happened before this podcast started. And also, uh, Jeff wasn't here on time, which is so out of character for Jeff. And it's because I had told him. Or on the calendar we share, I scheduled this podcast for the wrong time. So that was on me as well. So we're we're starting much later. I don't have a functioning washing machine. There's water everywhere, even though it's cleaned up now. It's all ass over tea kettle. That's right. Mercury and then and Elizabeth pointed out, did you just say Mercury and Mercury and retrograde. That's right. That's right. And we don't even believe in that, but clearly that's what's happening. I believe in it a little. <laughs> it seems not, sort I'm of not, legitimate. I'm not like I'm not like hard and fast but i find it fascinating and i think that a lot of astrology stuff like rings true for me i don't give a lot of thought to whether it's real or not i'm just like oh that's interesting what are you 
I'm a devil Virgo. What does that mean? Scorpio. So that means that my sun and moon are Virgo signs and my rising sign Scorpio. So um, Virgo is my sun sign. That's like what you would know. Like, oh, I'm a cancer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Virgo is very meticulous and can be pretty judgmental, which it's more directed at me. Like I'm pretty hard on, hard on myself. Um, they're, yeah, but they're, they're good organizers. And I think that they, Virgos like can make sense out of things in the world, which is good. But D- guess what I am. Do you know them well enough to guess? Yeah. Okay. Let me guess. Okay. Um, all right. Let's see. I'm going to say you're Sagittarius. Nope. Okay. I'm just, gonna <laughs> I don't even know how to say whether like, Aries. Cl- no. Okay. I think you might be close though. Well, I don't know what I don't either. Um, my son is double Sagittarius, which oh. is good. I love Sagittarius. Um, uh, I mean, I don't think you're Pisces. I'm not. I don't think you're Cancer. I'm not. Are you Gemini? No. Are you Taurus? <laughs> yes, I am. <gasps> you got it. Do you know what? I swear to God, I first was going to say really? Taurus, but there's, uh, I, there are kind of two sides to Taurus and mm-hmm. I don't see the one side of it for you. Go on. One of the, like, one of the things about Taurus is they can be like really like lethargic, like the thing about Taurus is they're like a bull. So when mm-hmm. they're going at it, it's full force and high energy, but it's more of like a, a like slow, heavy, like we're doing this. And the other side of Taurus is like taking a lot of time just to lounge around and like eat good food and kind of like, which I don't see that side of you at all. I see you like you're a doer. That's why I would thought you're I'm a- Aries because Aries is like, I'm doing it. I'm a doer. But I've got the heart of someone who wants to just lay around and do nothing. Mm, like, there it is. I pretty much always would rather just be sitting around in my pajamas. What's Jeff? What do you think? Yeah, that's right. What does it seem like? Okay. Um, uh, actually, I'm going to say Pisces. No. Okay. Mm, are, are you Virgo also? Nope. Okay. Aries? Mm-mm. Hmm, I'm striking out here. I, you gotta just tell me. <laughs> Libra. Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense too. Balance. Oh, right. Evasive. <laughs> He's not really a Libra. <laughs> That's how evasive he is. He's wow. truly. Pi- Wait, what are Pisces like? My daughter's Pisces, and it's like very deep, sensitive, um, like. A lot of Pisces are in healing and like either become doctors or different types of healers and they like to travel. So they like interacting with people, but they're not like generally needing a lot of attention or look mm-hmm. at me, which is funny because my kids definitely align with their signs. Like my daughter's so sweet and kind and like thoughtful and she'll like observe a situation and ask all these questions about it and like how people are feeling. And my son is like, he's Sagittarius and he is like so happy, so enthusiastic. <laughs> like he, he so curious. He's like into everything. And that's kind of true to their signs. That's so cute. It's very cute. They're a great, great 
pair. So when you were last on the show, we talked about many, many things. Um, but when, or when you were last on the Monday <laughs> show, we talked about the fact that you had this, the note I wrote down was bad manager. You had a manager who just didn't really support podcasting or didn't understand oh, podcasting. Oh, yeah. Wow. And that told, was a long time it ago. Was, I think it was 2013. It was a really long yeah. time ago. Yeah. And I think told you. I love that I was talking on the podcast about my bad manager. Had I <laughs> you had fired just, her? Yes. Okay. You had like, just fired her. Thank God. <laughs> and I think she said something to you like, you don't, you don't, did she say you don't have what it takes? Or you don't know how to get ahead? I mean, I, f- I wouldn't be understand? surprised of any of those things. But the one thing was my friend and I were developing a show that had a podcast like framework, which is so funny because mm-hmm. the show I sold in a different way had a podcast framework. But um, her, we like pitched to her it to her and she was like, uh, no one really cares about podcasts. Like people aren't going to get it. It's not like hip or edgy enough, which... I left and do you know Eliza Skinner? Yeah. So she was my friend and co-creator of this thing. And she was like, took me by the shoulders and was like, your manager of your, like you, your thing is podcast. Just told (laughs) you that like podcasts are irrelevant and no one cares. And she's like, you have to fire her. And it was like such a, I mean, I needed that because I had been like not into her for a really long time. So I, that day I did it. Well, so what I wanted to know is now that you sold a show, I mean, you had a whole deadline article and everything about you selling the show. Were you like in your face, bad manager? I hadn't even thought about this really? until you brought it up. I was like, oh, good. That is so nice. Yeah. Now I'm going to be sure to send her an email. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, because like after that, that was so long ago. So that was 2013. And then I got this awesome new manager and then he like was on board with me for years and years while nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I sold a show two years ago to ABC. And then this was the podcast show last year to CBS. Um, And then next year I'm going to sell a show. (laughs) I'm just putting that out there. (laughs) To NBC? To To NBC probably. I'm going (laughs) to try to... Fox isn't taking my meetings, but NBC, yes. I'm... That's my... I'm just kidding. NBC or ABC or CBS, all of them. I love them all. What was your show two years ago? So it was um, ABC. It was about it. Do you know, you know, June Rayfield and Casey Wilson? Mm -hmm, Yes. So they oversaw it, which was awesome. Um, And they, so it was basically, do you know the show, The Mick? (laughs) It's kind of a version of that where it's like, I've heard of that, but I don't know what it is. It's basically our version of the show was this white trash woman gets out of prison and um, goes to become like an elderly caregiver in this like, spoiler alert dysfunctional but hilarious <laughs> family that like lives in affluent suburbs mm. so you know it's a fish out of water it was fun and tell me about your show that you just sold so that one was um much more personal and it was based i mean it morphed into its own thing but it was based on me and andy my husband who um has been on the show mm-hmm. who when we met in New York City when we were like 24, the pilot is a night that we met in New York City, but it takes place now. Um, and then the main character, based on me, has a podcast. So it's like this love story. It's a romantic comedy, and it's their little group of friends and like navigating being in New York together. 
Um, but so much of it was drawn from like my real life. Cause when I had just moved there, like my parents had just died. My, uh, Andy was my childhood crush and I hadn't seen him in 13 years. And, and he like recognized me on the street. So like all that plays a part in the pilot. And we're still, I think there's one more place we're going to try to send it to. Cause it's, I'm, you know, Tammy Sager oversaw it. Mm-hmm. Do you know her? I, I, well, by the way. I don't know why I said yes so readily to all these people. Um, Eliza Skinner, I totally know who that is. I do not personally know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and same with Tammy. Okay. Yeah. So she's fucking amazing. Like, I love her so much. And I think she's, I think she's like the best comedy writer. Mm-hmm. And she... And what would people know her from? She wrote on Girls? She wrote on Girls, Inside Amy Schumer, How I Met Your Mother, for years, 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and she... Uh, also is in um, Don't Think Twice, that might Burbaglia movie. But she produced it and she was, I mean, very involved in the writing of it. So I, I can say this, like, the script we have is awesome. I'm, like, so pleased with it. So mm-hmm. um, I hope it lives on. I don't know if it will. Yeah, so the, what's going on? We, well, CBS bought it, right? Yeah, and then in February, it, it died. Oh. Died a ugly death. No, I'm just kidding. What happened? You just get a phone call and they're like, so they're not gonna shoot this pilot oh they pick the pilots that they're shooting Mm -hmm. um they said it was close which i'm taking to heart because we found out really late uh that it wasn't moving forward so on to the next was that a big bummer yeah it was i i was really bummed out about it both times but last year with um crystal was the other one a that was less personal to me and b otis was like five weeks old and right. i was like okay you know <laughs> it's almost like a blessing yeah i was like be. i can't imagine what that would even look like i would have done it happily and gratefully right. but like um but this i was like really hoping it would get shot and made and i had like there was so much magic to it like digging up old memories and like a lot of you know i link a lot of magic to my parents and stuff like oh that's a sign from them and whatever yeah. And a lot of things were happening around that that I was like, I think this might happen. And I really wanted to like, there were so many awesome scenes in it that I was Mm -hmm. like, it would be crazy to go to New York and shoot like a much better looking version of me at 24 (laughs) and a much better looking version of Andy. Impossible. He's dropped dead gorgeous. Um, But, you know, like on the same street where we met or, you know, like it would be so cool. So I still hope that happens. Right. It's probably not going to happen. It's unlikely. But. Yeah, that's interesting that when they don't decide to go forward with something that's so personal, it's like they're saying like, uh, no to you. I mean, I guess all of it is like that, but even more so. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because like I've heard stories of right this day and age. I say this as I'm already thinking about like what I'm pitching next year and it has nothing to do with me, but um, most things that get sold are like personal to the writers because Mm -hmm. I don't know, it comes with a richer kind of tapestry of stories and whatever. And, uh, I've heard stories of people who are like wrote them. The two writers is based exactly on their characters and like the notes over and over again are like, these characters are not likable. (laughs) They're (laughs) annoying. Like they're not Not believable. They're yeah. So I think that's, hard not to take personally <laughs> right so how did it how did you and tammy come together to work on this project um well 
<coughs> excuse me. I actually met her through the podcast, Totally Lame, um, which also has crossed the Rainbow Bridge. But she came on and she was working on How I Met Your Mother with my good friends, um, Dan and Doug. And they told me I was a fan of hers. This is part of the magic. Like when I first moved to L.A. and I wanted to write, I asked my friend who was an agent for sitcom scripts and I probably read 50 and like three of them made me laugh out loud and were so heartfilled and they were all three Tammy Sager. And oh, I was that's like, amazing. Who is this Tammy Sager? And I didn't even Google her just in my mind. I like filed it away. Tammy Sager, brilliant comedy writer. This is how little I knew about the industry. I imagine that she was like an ice queen in a power suit with like a severe haircut, like basically <laughs> Anna Wintour, like the head right. of comedy writing. Right. Like she walks down a hall and people are handing her papers and she's Yeah, and like running them. away scared yeah. and stuff. Um, <laughs> and and then years went by. So like anytime someone would mention comedy writing, in my mind it was there was like this ice queen sitting at the throne of comedy writing named Tammy Sager. Mm-hmm. And then years went by and my friend Doug or Dan texted me like, Hey, this producer on my show loves your podcast. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Who is it? And he said, Tammy Sager. And I (gasps) lost my mind. And I was like, she has to come on. And she came on and we like totally hit it off. We're super like dog nerds. And, um, you know, I (laughs) then pursued a friendship with her. And like we've been friends ever since. So last year I was just like, I feel like there's something I can do with this podcast. And I took her out to dinner and I kind of was like, I wonder if the podcast could be a show. And she literally was like, I don't have time to do this, but I can see the whole thing. And she like put, pulled out a piece of paper and like broke the pilot right in front of me. I mean, it was just so crazy and broke for people. Cause I only learned this. I feel like somewhat recently broke to break a story means to like break it down. Right. To sort of map it out. Yeah. To grind down, do a little <laughs> dance. No. Um, yeah. Just to like write down the beats, I guess, mm-hmm. of the story. <clears throat> and um that was it like she texted um our managers and we're, we're like i have elizabeth and i have a great idea we're coming in and i was so grateful and she truly did not have time to do it so it was right. awesome that she's amazing so when you took her now i'm just asking for my own personal like if i ever want to do something like this yeah. when you took her out to dinner was it just a couple of gals gabbing or <laughs> was it uh with the idea of like can we talk business it was just catching up. I hadn't seen her in a long time and she was like coming into town for something. But I had, I knew in my mind I was going to bring this up, right. but I never, I honestly was like, I'll throw it out there. It can't hurt. I did not really think it was going to like take flight the way it did. And then also, how did you pursue a friendship with her? Because Mindy Cohn from Facts of Life came on my podcast. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. It was, I don't know if you know how important that show is to me. It's kind of my favorite show. I can show. see it in your yeah, eyes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> she came on. She was delightful. Jeff and a number of listeners feel like she was hinting at, at being friends with me. And feels like she was hinting. I know that she was begging Oh. Everyone thinks that wow. this could be a friendship Allison. if I want it to be. And I so do. But like, I don't want to fly too close to the sun, you know? But at the same time, I do. But I don't know what the next step is. So I just, how did you pursue a friendship with Tammy? I feel like we started texting about dog stuff mm. and like dog rescue. At the time, I was doing a lot of dog rescue stuff. And um, mm, I don't want to, I don't remember. know what the answer is, Allison, but I have to tell you, I'm pretty like, 
I'm pretty shameless. I don't, I, when I, when I want to be friends with someone, I'll just go for it. I mean, and also it's like, listen, you're a mom. You're not going to be too intense. Like you have your own life and stuff. Yeah. I think that happens when people are like single-mindedly, I want to be friends with you. It's like the scary dating thing where it's like, you're coming on too strong. Right. Um, so I would like, you know, shoot a text out here and there and be like, do you want to meet up for lunch? Or like, you know, just whatever. And the truth is now Tammy and I, I mean, before obviously we saw and spent a lot of time Skyping and talking um, on this project, but she moved back to New York a couple of years ago. So like when she would come in town, I would see her maybe twice a year. Mm-hmm. It's not like That's I consider intense. her one of my best friends, but it's not like it was... uh you know, hot and heavy or anything. Right. I have to interrupt this podcast to ask the time that I'm looking at on this. Is that correct, Jeff? No. Oh. Add add 15 minutes to that because today's everything goes perfect day. (laughs) When we paused, instead of me hitting the pause button, I hit the record button. So it started a new recording. Okay. I wondered if I stepped into some wrinkle in time where everything is holding still. Oh my God. Today would have been the day for it. It really would have been. Please erase everything we were speaking about during jeff and i were speaking i was oh, that's like not throwing recorded. all sorts of people close to me under the bus really i yeah. missed that conversation you it was addition. a politically heavy oh, conversation man i was walking around with the plumber that didn't do anything yeah and i could have been hearing all that well yeah, actually we were here talking smack yeah i do I going back to the episode from a long time ago you and i were talking about general meetings um, and auditions and things like that. And you were talking about a guy you know who was having a ton of success. I think we were talking about how no one really loves general meetings except, oh, there's this guy you know who's having a lot of success who loves general meetings. And you didn't say the name. And I just wanted to know if you could say the name now, but I probably need to tell you more about what you were saying so you remember what I was talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, tell me more. I think you were saying that he's someone that like goes into auditions and does his own thing. So Adam Pally. Of- he pallied it. Okay. It's Adam Pally. The funny and- thing is that as I was listening, I'm like, oh, I wonder if it was Adam Pally. So maybe I had asked you off camera. We turned mic. his name into, I don't know if it was us was the origin or if like other people, we heard it, but we'll like use it in our life now. Like just pally it. What does it mean? Just do your own thing and don't give a fuck. Oh, and it'll I work more out. more of that. Yeah. I I just alley it, which means do what I think they want <laughs> and not get it. Yes. I Elizabeth it, which means overthink it, come in anxious and, uh, you know, make everyone feel completely uncomfortable and then uh, escort myself out and <laughs> go home and cry. That's an Elizabeth. It. Do you still write poems? I do. Well, I'm actually like pulling. I'm literally have on my to do list, like pull the old typewriter out because I've been writing them again. I think I went through like. You know, this three-year phase of motherhood where I was like, ah, that voice isn't really true to where I'm at. Because it's kind of a dark, vo- darker voice in my brain. I recently read one that I loved. And um, I'm not going to be able to recapitulate it exactly. But it was about anxiety mm. and the voice in your head. Yeah. Do you, do you know which one I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. I just Can post. you recite it, please? Um, <laughs> these are like, for the listener, these are short little Instagram posted poems. It's not like a beat poetry or spoken word long thing. Okay. It's, uh, oh, my phone's taking forever to load. It's just anxiety is just your brain's way of telling you that you fucked up. You fucked up bad, real bad, and they don't like you. No one does. Yep. Um, 
so I've been, I'm like, I'm back in that dark place, I guess. <laughs> the great news is more poems to come. You seem so sunny. It's interesting that you have, I mean, I know, th- I know you enough That's to know so nice. that there is this, I don't know what I would call it dark side. I would call it deep and introspective. Oh, that's so nice. But you're, you're just a regular goth. I'm, (laughs) do you like my black lipstick? (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm in a good place. I mean, I might go back on depression medication, but like, Oh, what were you on? Wellbutrin. How was it? It's been great for me. I've been on and off of it for like 15 years. I've gone out like four times and I stay on it like a year. Mm -hmm. I just kind of reset. Right. I'm, not sure right now if I need it because I've never experienced this before because I've never, I haven't been on it for like five years and I have children now. And listen, I'm also, my kids are in daycare during the week. I'm like, I'm not one of these moms who's just like, it's sunshine daydreams. You know, mothering <laughs> is challenging yes. and it, it has, it's like highs and lows. But lately time with my family has felt fence. It has felt so fulfilling. Like weekends have been so enjoyable. Whereas I think that like for a while it was like, we're white knuckling our way through these weekends. We can't get to Monday fast Mm -hmm. enough. Um, So when I'm like with my family and there's, we're doing stuff and just living life, I've been feeling really good. It's during the week when I have time to myself for the first time in three years and I should be working, but I don't have like deadlines and I'm trying, I have to like self-start. I've been feeling really foggy. And like, for me, how my depression manifests, and I know this about myself now, it's like, I'm not crying all day. I'm just like, I start to like numb out and kind of mm. just check out. And like yesterday, Do I re- you dissociate or just kind of go numb, like shut down. I kind of like shut down and I can't really focus. And um, a perfect example, and this is why I'm like, I might start, you know, I go to therapy and stuff. I might start meds again is um, yesterday I read like 50 pages of a book about directing and realized at the end of that time that I will have to reread those 50 pages because none of it like went in. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wasn't there. Right. And it's not like I'm thinking about other stuff. I just kind of like, I went, I don't know. I just kind of fog out. See, I hear that and I'm like, oh, that just sounds like fatigue. But I'm not, I'm getting sleep. Right. And I think it might be just like the pendulum swinging after having two kids in three years and then having that CBS thing, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. But um, there were lots of all-nighters and I mean, so much sleep deprivation after newborn sleep deprivation that I kind of feel like I might just be like resetting and my body's just like, I need a break. Right. But it feels a lot like also I'm slipping into depression and I kind of just want to like, it's weird because, um, you know, depression is horrible when you're Mm. really deep in it, obviously, but I feel pretty good. Like life feels good right now. I don't feel tortured or anything. Like you said, I, I think I'm good, Mm -hmm. but this is just a weird thing that I'm just like, it's been a couple of weeks where I've been like unable to be my normal productive self question about your sunniness with a side of goth. I love it. (laughs) You were a cheerleader. You were like the captain of the cheerleading team, right? Allison, I feel like you know the real me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is that the real you? (laughs) I mean, it sounds like it is. Well, actually, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask my question instead of derailing. But I know that you lost both of your parents when you were 19. Mm -hmm. So 
the depression and the darkness, do you feel like that was there all along or is that maybe a, or is that a consequence of trauma at a young age and loss at a young age? Interesting. I think, I think I had a sense of humor from, for always. Like mm-hmm. I think I always like liked being funny and stuff. And then I definitely think, I mean, I think going through that, my sense of humor like was so important to like helping me heal and, and like observing the darkness with like that twist mm-hmm. instead of just sitting in it or whatever. Um, cause that was hard and that was hard. And then I did like crazy things with my life that I wouldn't have otherwise, you know, like, like I, I recall you saying that you tried to get into drugs, which I wish I had at the time <laughs> asked more about that. Like what, what happened? <laughs> it just didn't work didn't out. Take. <laughs> it didn't take. Like I, thankfully, um, I was at UCSB at the time, which is like huge drug part, mm-hmm. or maybe was, I don't know if it's still, it still is. Um, <laughs> And, uh, I mean, I did tons of ecstasy and I liked it, Mm -hmm. but it just never, it was never like the thing. And then, um, I moved to West Hollywood. A crazy thing I did was like the first I, so I have my sister, but at the time she was like on the brink of being engaged. So she Mm -hmm. was like starting her family and I felt like I needed to start a family. And the first guy I met like at a bar who flirted with me i was like making out with by the end of the night but like the moment he looked my way i was like okay this is the guy (laughs) he moved in with me oh my god we lived together for two years wow he was a nice enough guy but was not the right guy for Mm -hmm. me at all and he was also a compulsive liar which didn't make him a bad guy but he had this thing about him for sure and um i found like two years into living together i found his wedding album i didn't even know he had been married wow and by that point where was it it was like in a box in our closet that he had never unpacked and i by that point i was like already kind of like this is not working Mm -hmm. but this is so stupid. And by the way, I've been to weddings since that have the same thing, but done in a much more festive way. But at the time I was like, what his, this is the Virgo and made the judgmental asshole. <laughs> his wedding decorations were, were balloons, uh-huh. like tuxedo balloons. And that was when I knew we were right for each other. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that he had been married and didn't tell you it was how he decorated his wedding. Yeah, I was not down with that. So, <laughs> Uh, you know, things like that. I made huge life choices that seemed so not who I am, but mm-hmm. I was a little lost. So, yeah. When do you feel like you, you steadied again? So after that, I moved to New York. Um, my childhood best friend, Kendall was moving to New York and was like, you should move to New York. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so, and she had like this group of friends from like college and some from high school and some from, you know, there were probably six or seven of us who would hang out all the time. Three of us worked together in an advertising agency and uh, we would like get stoned and order Indian and laugh our asses off. And that was when I learned, I rediscovered being funny and I started doing stand up and stuff. And that's when I like felt like I, those few years before, I felt like I was in sepia tone, you mm-hmm. know, like I felt like I had an Instagram filter on me <laughs> and I was coming out of it back right. into myself. When's nice. the first time you felt depression? 
I think, you know, I had been really devastated before. Like I had a high school boyfriend who broke my heart and that was a devastation in hindsight. I'm like, <laughs> silly Elizabeth. Like you, that was no big deal. But at the time it was like really painful. Um, serious depression, I think was probably after losing my mom mm-hmm. um, and like before my dad died. And then that definitely didn't help right. <laughs> when he died. It was not, um, not great. Yeah. So any, I'm sure listeners are like how they die. She had cancer and then 10 months later he had a heart attack. So it was intense. Yeah. Yeah. Has having kids brought that up? Yes. After each kid, I have had a lot of that come up really missing my parents, but mostly my mom, like Mm -hmm. being a mother, I think it makes me want to connect with her and I have so many questions. And then, um, oddly, like the main thing that's come up for me though, is being so terrified that something, which I know is true for all moms Mm -hmm. and dads, but so terrified that they're going to die. And in therapy, I just, you know, I worked through it that like for me, loving someone that completely comes with the pain of losing them, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, but it was like becoming, uh, paralyzing for a while. I mean, fear of them dying, your kids dying. Yeah. Yeah. And with Teddy, I was terrified that she had cancer. Like Mm -hmm. I, I became like crazy about, and I followed like children with pediatric cancer on Instagram and I like was Googling, symptoms and you know stuff that's insane right and then um was there anything to make you think that or was it just because you had already lost someone to cancer it was just me being (laughs) crazy and then um with otis uh for some reason it it was like car accident so anytime Mm. andy would take the kids anywhere i was like a mess the whole time they were gone and I think I'm easing out of that, but yet another reason I'm like, maybe I should, (laughs) I'm talking myself into calling my doctor immediately (laughs) as soon as I leave here. Well, not to talk you out of that, but actually this is, this is just more reason that I should call your doctor. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But we took Elliot out to a restaurant for the first time the other night and I spent the whole time, he was in his car seat in the stroller mm-hmm. and I spent the whole time just convinced something's going to fall on him. Something's going to hurt him. Someone's going to be eating with a steak knife and like f- accidentally it's flailing across woman. the room. <laughs> yeah. I, I, w- I mean, that's insane. It was insane. But it started with just, I don't want him in a high traffic area because I don't want a Someone server to, to him. yeah. And then it, it was like, what's to prevent a steak knife from flying through the air and hitting him? Like, that's crazy. I am crazy. I will say it is not uncommon. Like, okay. Uh, I mean, but I also will say (laughs) that is definitely like, um, an element of postpartum anxiety and, you know, that can come up later. So I just like, keep an eye on that for me. You know, there's a difference from being like, cause I, I have a friend who literally like couldn't get out of bed with the baby cause she was so scared she was going to drop him. And it's like, that's when you need help because it's like, impacting your life so profoundly. I had a moment of like more than a moment, a a sort of episode of I can't do this. He's too fragile. I'm too clumsy. I can't like, I can't, I can't, I don't, I can't do it. You know? And, and just that last night, actually, I was thinking, I spend so much time thinking about 
babies being hurt and like thinking like about child like just the vulnerability and like people that don't treat them right and yeah and imagining if I were in a therapist's office and I were to say like, I spend a lot of time thinking about hurting babies. Like that sounds like such a red flag, but that's not, I don't mean it's not like, cause I know that one of the like dangerous signs of postpartum depression is violent ideation yeah. toward the kid. And a number of times I've been like, I like my brain is filled with dark images all the time. What does that mean? But it, it's not images of me hurting anyone. Mm-hmm. It's, just images of like how could anyone hurt a kid they're so vulnerable and yet wonder i just was thinking like would that be clear to a therapist if i was talking to them or yeah if you explain it in this very self-aware way yes because also by the way i think that i mean i know exactly what you're talking about Okay, thank you. because i feel like what's because i guess the reason i bring it up is that there's part of me that's like oh what if i'm rationalizing and actually i am having that bad train of thought yeah I no think i, I am, think though. you trust yourself and know yeah and i mean talk to your partner about it and be like you know talk about if if it ever does cross over into a place where you feel like it's scary cuz right my daughter had colic literally screamed her head off mm. until she was 5 months old um I took her to the emergency room because she screamed for eight hours straight, like muscles Mm. tensed, sweating. And they discharged me and the diagnosis on the paperwork says crying baby. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, it was hilarious. I mean, again, humor, like we were crying (laughs) laughing because it was like, of course I'm the person who, well, no, but when that (laughs) happens and I've, I had not seen it for eight hours, but even just in short spurts when there's like the muscles are tense and the crying, you think something's really hurting this. Yes, something's like wrong. Something's like there's some sort of something's like ripping inside. Or something. Yeah. Bacteria, flesh eating bacteria right. or whatever. But there were times with her, I had to like lay her down and walk away because not that there were images, but right. I was just like, I'm about to like lose crack. it. Yeah. Um, and the images though, I think are really normal. And I think it's primal. Like, mm-hmm you're thinking of all of the things that can happen because you've never been entrusted with something so precious and like, um, but then that can kind of get carried away. And I think that that's when postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression comes into play. And that's when it can't hurt to go talk to someone about it. And just like, because I think that a lot of women, when they think about depression and it can be this too, Mm -hmm. is they're sitting on the couch crying hysterically. Like they don't understand that that, can live and coincide with you feeling so happy and so in love with your baby and like knowing you would literally do anything for this child, you can still have depression and have those happy moments. Like, so there's all spectrum. I mean, I think that it's, there are shades of gray because I actually don't know a single mother friend of mine who didn't have like these crazy, um, fears and like, Mm -hmm intense images in their minds and like if you hear a story on the news about something like that will like hook in and you know it's 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 intense (laughs) do i still seem like (laughs) (laughs) how has this been what was the experience of having two kids in three years like well now it's so great and now i can look back on it and be like it's so great it's very challenging i mean Having a newborn baby is challenging, I think. Um, 
but I've loved it. I've I've loved it. I'm really glad it worked out that way. Because we, I know we didn't go through IVF and stuff, but we, it took us two years to get pregnant with Teddy. Mm-hmm. So when I first started to think about we could possibly do this again, <laughs> which was around a year, I was like, let's pull the goalie. And like <laughs> we got pregnant immediately. Now was that, wow, amazing. Was the, when you were thinking, let's try this again, was it, was it because you're like, I want to have an, I want another newborn or was no. it, it, it'll work out. <laughs> oh <Okay>. no. <laughs> it was, I have to say, I like holding Elliot. I'm like, Oh, and I, I loved my newborns and felt so connected to both of them and savored those moments. But newborn to me is like a thing to get through. Yeah. And, um, so there seems to be another, we'll carry on. Another knock? No, keep going. Okay. I, I was looking at Jeff asking if there was, if you hear someone out there. I can't Mercury. Tell. I know. All sorts of weird stuff. We're, we're still recording though, right, Jeff? Okay. okay anyway, so um, what was I talking about even? Question. I was asking oh, the about two the decision. Close together. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I knew that I wanted two kids at least. Now I think it is capped off at two. <laughs> and I knew I wanted, you know, my daughter to have a sibling. And, but when I got the positive pregnancy test, I like, um, Teddy was a year old. Mm-hmm. She had just turned a year and I was home alone with her and I took it. I was like, Oh, there's no way, but I took it anyway. And I remember like I looked at it and it was a plus sign, which as you know, having gone through two years of like so many negative signs, like getting that plus sign right away was so crazy and it was such a rush. And I immediately, it was like one of those body things. I've only experienced it one other time, uh, like when we did the ultrasound with Teddy, where I just like my entire body started crying with joy. (laughs) And then I looked down and Teddy was sitting there, a little baby, like, with a toy drooling. Right. And I, the crying turned to sadness because I was like, you're still a baby. But then she was 20 months old when I had him. And it's funny because Otis is 16 months old and I'm like, he's still such a baby. Mm -hmm. But, um, now it's amazing. Like they, she doesn't remember a time without him. Um, I don't know. We just have our like cute little family unit. We're, like phasing out all of the kids stuff kind of all in one swoop, which is nice. And, um, it's, I think it's going to be great. Like, I'm like, Oh, in two years we can go on a vacation, like go on this vacation and I'm not going to be like, Oh, but then I'm going to have a newborn. Like I, it's nice to think about, they're going to really have a childhood together. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I also think however any family does it is right for them because I have friends who have like four and five year olds who have new little babies and that four and five year old is like such a help you know with us we really had two babies for a while like that was intense having a newborn baby and then having a child who basically could only like walk like a drunk sailor and like going (laughs) up and down stairs with two of them and holding two of them and like um that was intense but now we're so overwhelming but then you get through it and it's temporary and I have to say we're in such a good place. Like I have so much fun with them now and they also can have fun together and I don't have to be a part of it. And that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. 
So what do they do while you guys record? They are in daycare. Mm. So for a long time, Otis had a nanny at home and Teddy was in daycare and um, the nanny would like take him for a walk or we'd like squeeze in at night. It's annoying. It's hard to find. (laughs) (laughs) Podcasting is so annoying. Um, No, it's hard to find time, but you know, we did it. Yeah. The daycare seems like a leap of, I'm not saying it is a leap of faith. I'm saying for me, it would be, (laughs) yeah, no, it is. It is. It's a big, that's part of So Otis started daycare three weeks ago. So I've been like, is this fog just him being in daycare? Because that's part of it. Um, But now I'm starting to think it's more than that. Mm -hmm. But Teddy starting daycare was incredibly emotional for me. She started at like 13 months and was walking. Like that was my thing is I wanted her to be walking. And um, though daycare is amazing. Like we love the woman so much, but it's, it's your child is in someone else's environment. Like right. it's a big deal. Right. How long do they go? It's long. It's like nine thirty to five thirty. Um, I mean, Otis has like, you know, other classes and stuff that I take him out for, but they're there the whole, you know, whole work day. Mm-hmm. And how many days a week? Five, which I have to say, I have friends, you know, in LA, everyone's <laughs> like, doing creative things that aren't Mm -hmm. nine to five jobs necessarily. And for a lot of people that's like, Whoa, that's a lot. But Mm -hmm. my kid, my Teddy, especially Otis is getting used to it. Teddy loves it. Like it's so good for her. And so, and then she's going to start preschool soon. So listening to totally married, I now know what a dongle is. And the funny thing is, oh my god! When your husband was what used the term dongle a number of times to describe the tile app thing that you like put on your keys and your phone so that you can find your keys, he described it as a dongle. In my head, it was like, yes, we got the tile thing. It's like a little dongle. It was so like it just jumped out at me so much. And then you called him on it. He loves. I mean, and it turns out it is a real word. It is a real word. Which I mean. I felt like I had to roll over and defeat on that. But I think that you're right. Also, I think there are certain words that like this, you know, I don't, and you also heard his whole family's history with words, which is very upsetting, (laughs) but like, well, it's funny because you were, they're Rosen words and I'm a Rosen. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah. So I was like, oh, are they the same as my family's words? But it's different Rosen words. I guess words. every family has their own words, but dongle is a very, and I even just said it the way, like everything's like dongle. <laughs> <laughs> like it drives me crazy, but that's, that's part of who he is. Yeah. But you thought that he was just making up a term for like a little doodad, like a little doohickey. Because it's. He has his family has a history of doing this, right? Making up words to fit something, and they are my family does that too. Generally, all phallic in nature, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, not by on right. purpose, but um, Jeff, they describe food that is spicy as it has a wang in it or a wang to it. It has a wang to it. So I am forced to go to like when when I see his family, and I'm like please don't let's not go get Mexican like anything that doesn't have spice because all they will do is sit around the this table each person over and over one at a time be like oh that's got a wang to it <laughs> that's got a wang to it it drives me crazy and he didn't realize that that's not a real thing no none of them do <laughs> <laughs> 
Are they are they amused by it? Like it's their thing, or it's just a thing? No, that they no, do no. They think it's none a of them word. are aware that that has no. And it's not weird. <laughs> it's not weird. It drives me bananas. I have to say, <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, I think we should do just mirror everyone in a second. But first, you guys, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps some spicy food that has a wang to it, <laughs> click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost <laughs> anything extra and it helps out the show. Thank you for all of your Amazon support. And also, I'm on Patreon. Uh, Patreon is awesome. You can support podcasters on an ongoing monthly basis. There's different reward levels. There's bonus episodes. Uh, there's a level where you have access to a video live stream that's interactive. There's a level where you get merch in the mail. All sorts of fun stuff. Check that out. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for that. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe. iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Okay. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay. Talk to Dad says, when I'm drifting to sleep, I start to remember things that didn't happen, just me or everyone. That's like starting to dream, right? Or does he mean it in a different way? To me, that's that's how I know I'm like kind of falling asleep is that all of a sudden I start almost hallucinating or having weird, weird thoughts. Yeah, like daydreams. Sort yeah, of. exactly. I think that's everyone. I think that's everyone. Jamie Albritton says, whenever someone says long story short in my head, I say too late every time. <laughs> I don't do that, but that's not just you because I feel like we've I've heard that one before. Yeah. Do you do that? I don't do that, but that makes sense. Jamie Alberton also says, I spent most of my morning thinking... Dr- no. <laughs> That's weird that my brain said morning. I spent most of my life thinking dressers were called Chester drawers. So like C-H-E-S-T-E-R drawers. Oh, that's funny. I never thought about that before. However, there's this... Or there was, I don't know if it's still there, this really cheesy bar in orange county called chester drawers oh and people used to colloquially call it check for sores whoa yeah because it was like a place a meat market um with people with open sores apparently but anyway i guess this <laughs> must exist if it's called if it, i mean well, you a know place it's called chester drawers it's called chest of drawers right right okay i just want to put that out there because that hadn't been yeah i think right. that that's probably why she's thinking <laughs> the that. basis yeah yeah yep 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 that makes sense that's cute uh Someone whose name got cut off because I didn't cut and paste this very well says, I couldn't locate Salisbury on a map, but I'm pretty sure it's the shittiest place on earth. And then he he or she attached uh, a little picture of a frozen dinner with a Salisbury steak. You know what? I'm just going to say this. My husband can just deal with it. One of my favorite lean cuisines is the mac, the mac and cheese and Salisbury steak. And he hates it because sometimes we'll share lean cuisines because... <laughs> Because that's what we do. I know your face, your face dropped. Like how sad it is. He hates it, but I enjoy them. I'm more like, is that enough food for two people? Well, we'll share two. Oh, okay. hence what a relief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hence both of us get to just like the commercial. This is living, you know. Nothing good about a Salisbury steak. I'm just gonna say the lean cuisine one. It's it's got little onions in there. It's not bad. Salty. It's salty and steaky. It's not steaky. It's salty. It's and salty. It's, got, it's really got umami in it. Did I oh, it's salty. It's got a wang to it. That's all it's <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of salt and no wang. And it's that's quite. It. It's very salty. I actually don't eat meat, so I'm no good on this. But oh, if I were to eat meat, I can guarantee you it wouldn't be a salisbury steak. Right. What would it be? <laughs> Probably 
Well, none of it seems appealing to me. But if I were like a gun to my head eating meat, I'd probably get like a good steak. Mm. How long have you not eaten meat? Since I was seven. Oh, wow. Do you, are, are you vegetarian or vegan? Vegetarian. This comes, periodically comes up. I'm very uncomfortable with the, f- I, I don't eat meat very often, to be honest. Um, it's not my favorite. Just and when you get a hankering for a good <laughs> lean <Salzburg> cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> lean cuisines are honestly what messes me up because some of the lowest cow ones are beef based. Mm. Um, but then when I look into it and I, I don't like to look into it too much because it's just there's too many images that are too upsetting and I just can't handle it right now and I, I must issue this disclaimer, which I disclaim I issue whenever I talk about this stuff. Please, no one send me information. I do not need information. I don't need things. I, I, I can't handle it. Don't, don't let me know. But when I look into it even just a little bit, it's like, oh, eggs bought from a store are also filled with cruelty and milk is terrible and like all of anything that involves animals makes me feel super uncomfortable and like really if i were true to what my heart is telling me mm-hmm. i would just be vegan me too but i can't i can't get there yet me too yeah same these okay <laughs> glad we agree yeah like i'm very when i think about meat when i think about eating meat i'm very not okay with it and yet i do it sometimes yeah i'm the same with dairy and eggs the thing is, though, the thing that I think is important is that for people to be aware, mm-hmm. and I mean, I know you're saying don't send me stuff, but right. everyone should go and check it out for themselves and see what it is. I'm and saying don't send me stuff because I am aware and I don't yeah, need yeah, to be yeah. more aware. You don't need to be more aware, yeah. but, um, and lean, you know, lean that way as much as you can. Like I do try to eat not very much dairy, but sometimes I need like a grilled cheese, you know, mm. so I think just... Because I almost feel like vegan or vegetarian is such an intense label and our society is so diet obsessed. And like, what's what kind of diet? And, you know, like that I almost feel like there would be less animal cruelty if everyone just ate like wasn't like, oh, I have to be vegetarian now. If they were just like, I'm going to eat less meat. Right. That actually goes a long way. And like Asian cultures eat meat, but just little amounts. And um, I mean, actually, I'm not going to, I don't really know about the animal cruelty situation, but like it is possible to have a diet that's healthier Mm -hmm. for animals, the earth, humans, if it's just less. Right. Animal products are just not great for us. Mm. They aren't. And if you think they are, you've been brainwashed by like big dairy industries, you know, whatever. We don't need that much of it. The thing that is daunting and depressing to me is just how much our culture relies on animal products, not even for food, but just for everything. Mm -hmm. Like if we were, you know, because like in my, I'm located in, in my heart. I don't know. It's sort of also in my brain. This idea of like, let's, not use animal products for anything. I can't, like, I don't even know that that's even, even possible. It is. I I don't just mean me. 
I don't. I know that it's possible for one person to do it. Right, right. But right. I mean to to separate the two. But to see, imagine that's why you don't separated. even need to worry yeah. about that. I know you're saying that's just like focus it's on so black and white. Then then it's like it's impossible. So yeah. I'm gonna have right a cheeseburger. No, I don't. I don't go. It's impossible. So I'm not even gonna try. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think to myself, it's impossible. <laughs> Yeah. And that that's where the thought ends. And that's, and that's okay. sad. You know, yeah. going back to the Bush, I'm trying to bring it all back to right. Bush. But like Andy was like, then you need to start growing your armpit hair out and not shaving. And I'm like, I don't know if I like I'm down for people to do that. I don't know if I personally can do that, but that's right. just because I'm so ingrained in the society that has said that's so unacceptable. But eventually, if more and more people do that, that'll right. change. And that's the same with meat. Like we might not be the ones to be like, we're going to be perfect. And, but like, we've been so inundated with like the American diet, which is so meat heavy Mm -hmm. and stuff that if like, we just kind of lean into it, then future generations can be the ones that can take it home. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be on our shoulders to go all the way. We're just teeing it up. Yeah. For them. <laughs> Daria Dietz says, I hate watching movie trailers. I'd rather go into a movie cold without expectations and spoilers. I personally love expectations and spoilers. <laughs> Me too. So I'm pretty okay with that. Um, although I will spoil things for myself and then I think, why did I do that? Mm. But I just get impatient and then I have to Google. Yeah. And, and every spoiler is on Google. Uh, Lane says, I knew I was getting older when I stopped thinking of guys with gray hair as old and instead found them attractive. Yeah, I'm just old. I'm just getting, <laughs> I, I, I know I'm getting old. I'm, yeah, I still am kind of unclear about like, well, how old am I in the scheme of things? I remember I got into, um, a lift and it was when I was very pregnant and I was going to a class at the hospital and the guy said something about like, um, you know, because he was young and it had a kid young and he referred to us as young parents. And I was thinking, not oh. so much, but that's so sweet. <laughs> but it felt right. Yeah. It does feel yeah. like I'm a young parent. I'm just absolutely not. This makes me think of um, like the David Sedaris quote of like his mom saying that, you know, teenagers think they invented sex. Like every <laughs> generation of teenagers think they invented sex. Yeah. And I think every generation of like humans once they reach a certain age, think that they invented the concept of, I don't feel this old yet. Right. Like, we're just getting to the the stage where we're like, oh, when I was young, someone this old seemed really old to me, but Mm -hmm. I still feel pretty young. Yeah. You know, I think everyone feels that way, probably. I will say, I saw Jane Fonda recently. She spoke to my, like, political women's group. Mm -hmm. She's 80. Holy shit, she looks like she's still, I mean, she acts like a 50-year-old. There's is that, hope. Is that young? <laughs> yeah. Like I know. 30 year difference. Yeah. Right. No, I know. It's just funny because no, but 50 sounds young actually now. That's a sign of how old we are. Because there would have yes. been a time that 50 would have sounded really old. Right. 50 sounds old to me, but. It just depends. But when I think of it in the context of someone who's older than me, it doesn't sound old to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, boy. Elizabeth Lame. It has been so much fun having you on the show. Thank you for having me. This was a delight. Thank you. Plug all your things. Tell them where to find you. I mean, you can find me on Twitter at Totally Lame and Instagram is where I'm doing the poems now again. And that's Elizabeth Lame. And that's and L-A-I-M-E. Is that what you're going to say? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and then you can listen to our podcast, Totally Married, if you want to. It's on iTunes. 
And how frequently does that come out? What Weekly. Days? It comes out Mondays and it's just me and my husband. It's very entertaining. Honestly, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> but Talking we about dongles. Talk about dongles and Bush. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank Where you. can we find you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox. It's so not Wang as a verb or as a noun, my social media. It's anti Wang. No, there's no Wang <laughs> as spice or actual Wang as in <laughs> Dong. Yeah. <laughs> As in dongle. And follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Um, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best friend.